I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. I'm your host, Rick Shields, episode 129. I'm here with co-host Guy. How are you doing, pal? You good? Yeah, I'm great. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, we obviously had the little Friday special with Lee Westwood. Was it little Friday special? That was a huge Friday special. <laughs> Just one of the biggest tour stars in the world. Ever, yeah. He was nice, wasn't he? Very, very sound on and off camera. Yeah. That's the trick. Everybody watching and listening can tell Lee Westwood was sound, but we saw the real Lee Westwood and the cameras yeah. were off, and he was equally, if not even more, sound. Well, we literally had his company, his services, from 9 o'clock in the morning till probably about 5 p.m. Yes. Like a f- he did a full stint with us. A full 9 to 5 with us. <laughs> God bless him. Um, so we also... For a lot of people asking, you might have heard it in the podcast, we're talking about doing a video with him around Close House. That has been filmed, mm. filmed straight after the podcast, and it has been edited frantically as we speak. Quite literally as we speak. And fingers crossed, it'll be out tomorrow, which is obviously Wednesday. Um, and it, it's a it's a cracker. It was so good. It was the, the simple format. You played against Tommy Fleetwood at JCB a couple months ago, and that video, by the way, has killed it. I think killed it. it. It was 2.8 so million views or something? Ridiculous. I think w- when we came up with that idea, it was like, you're going to play against Tommy Fleetwood. Like He's obviously going to win if you play stroke play. Of course, he's one of the best players in the world. So you got a 10-shot handicap. And I and I once won a, once won a putting tournament. You did. And I was runner-up in junior club championship. Runner-up is... Twice. First loser. So, um, <laughs> so I think 10 shots was definitely needed. But also, we went in this even simpler for, format where it was like, well, if you're taking off 10 shots, then all the way through the round, you've got to go, well, I'm too over par, but don't forget, I've had two shots to wear. So it was like, ugh. So it was simple. Tommy Fleetwood starts level par. Young Rick Shields starts minus 10. So... Because, why change anything that's broken? Absolutely. So we didn't. We, <laughs> we had a different tour pro, Lee Westwood. We have a different venue, Close House. But the challenge is no such simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, epic match. Video will be out tomorrow. Fingers crossed. And it's going to be a longie as well. A nice full length. Put it on the TV and chill. Vibe. What impressed you most about his golf game? Driving. He was He's really, known, oh, really good at driving. Two things. Um, I knew he was a great driver of the golf. Well, obviously, it goes out saying every part of his game is great. He's a tour pro. He's been on tour for 29 years. Something like that. 27, <laughs> 27 Something like that. Is. And you, you expect us to be wowed. But what was incredible was when he was stood over the golf ball hitting driver, every drive was just going straight. 
but he was also long. And again, that kind of should go without saying, but he's kind of 48, 49, is he 40, now? He just turned 49. So, so he's not a young pup anymore. Still in good shape, still a strong bloke. But he was comfortably 15 yards longer than you on a good hit. And you're a, genuinely, for a, you're a long golfer. Like you, are, you we joke about it, but you do, you do hit the golf ball a long way off the tee. But it was just absolutely... It, it's flushing it yeah. with the dress class. It never looked like it was going to go offline. No. He had multiples of different ball flights, but his standard one was this, like, a rocket fade. Yeah, it was. But but when I say fade, it's not like a fade that you and me would define as a fade. This golf ball started two yards left of target and finished on target. Yeah. Like, the, the movement on the golf ball was so tiny, you could almost miss it. Well, it was almost like, if, if you fade the golf ball, you clearly think of it moving from, like, left to right, yeah. and almost like if you could draw a shot tracer line, it'll have a shape to it. His was almost like a straight line that just kind of got moved a little bit towards yeah. the target. It was so good. But I think a lot of these players, and I've heard a, a few of these really good players talk now, they almost talk about how the ball falls at the top of its flight. Mm. So it almost starts rocket straight. And as it gets to the peak, it either just falls left for a draw or just tails right for a fade. Yeah. And he was just doing that. Um, what did, When we walked up that par five, you asked him what his ball speed was. What did he say? I think he, he said say? 172, which for like tall standard doesn't blow you away. But considering that when we hit it, we're like 160 on a normal hit. Yeah. If we're doing a long drive comp, we might get 170 and we're literally jumping at the golf ball. That was his normal speed. He's so. doing that every every single drive with three or four different, three or four layers on because it was quite cold. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought his driving was fantastic. And I must admit, I thought his wedge game was really strong as well. Like there was lots of times where he just played this little simple pitch shot that was just epic. I mean, you'll see in the video, there's quite a contrast in short game ability between me and Lee. Yes. I would say that's certainly one of the separators. Um, but he just wasn't phased. He was super chilled. Um, he, he seemed to have a really good time. He did. And one, without giving anything about the result, he towards the end... Because the thing is with this, with this format, the beauty of it is it has to go to the last hole, the yeah, last green. It's, for, it's stroke play. Exactly. And even if one of you wins by a big margin, that margin could increase or decrease towards the end. So both both two players, you and whoever you play against, always going to be grinding until the end. He was grinding until the end. And I asked him off camera, I said, are you actually bothered about this match? And he said, yes. Like, I genuinely am. He said, I don't want to lose anything I play. I want to win everything I do. And and from what he told me, as soon as we'd finished, he was he was talking about how he's gonna see Tommy the next time. Yeah, I'm not, talk about the not gonna give anything, but it was like it was that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna give too much of a spoiler, but remind me. And I, sorry for everybody listening to podcasts. I don't like to do this. Remind me, I spoke to another tour player this weekend. Oh wow, who is potentially lined up for episode number three? The only difficult thing we've got now with this series. What one thing I love with the podcast is we have we've had been so fortunate having some amazing names on your Brysons, your Lee Westwood, your Nick Faldo's, Minwoo Lee. Yeah, but we've also had on some smaller scale pros or tour pros that people might not know about us as much, or they may have finished playing golf like James Robinson and moving to other worlds. And I love that as well. But with this particular YouTube series, we've set ourselves to amazing le- well, one legend of the game in Lee, and I think Tommy Fleetwood is destined to be a legend it, of the it, game. He's, he's we, one foot through the legend door, hundred percent. Where, where Lee is in the clubhouse, literally beyond, chilling yeah. with a cigar. So the next one, potentially, again, I'm not going to give too much is away. It in that bracket. They have to be, don't I, they? I, I, yeah, wow. right up there. So that's going to be really exciting. Nothing, nothing 
locked in yet, but something very exciting. You know what was crazy though? And I'm, again, I'm so fortunate to be in this position, but like, like you said, we, we, we met him in the morning. He was great. We did the podcast. Then we went to the range, hit a few balls. And he was so nice to me and with the other lads. He was talking loads. We didn't have to. He was a really good guy. But then what was weird was playing golf again. I was walking around off camera chatting to him. But then we went for a drink in the clubhouse and I was sat like kind of chewing his ear off and listening to him and stuff. And literally sat there with one of the best golfers ever. Like, it's bad, isn't it? So lucky, but it, so many of these guys are just so down to earth. And in, in, in a weird way, you kind of sit there and you almost forget after a while who they actually are, mm. which I suppose is a good thing. Yeah. But equally, if I then saw him at the British Masters or whatever event he's at next, I'd be like, oh my God, that's Lee Westwood. Yep. It's, it's a strange feeling, but what a good guy. And, really good. Um, he, I must admit, you've worked with him before and said how nice he was. But I still kind of thought, this guy has been around the block for literally 30 years now. He's done so many media things. Is he going to be bothered at doing this? But he was. I think, I think you know what? And again, hopefully it's testament to what we do. It, it's not a normal media day for True. him, is it? True. Like, it is a bit different. You know, we, we're not going to try... I'm, we're not there to try and trip him up. We're not there. We, we want to talk about his life. We want to talk about what he's achieved. We want to get a few facts wrong. Yeah. Or I do anyway. <laughs> just to humble him. We, we want to go out and have a fun match. Like, it's, it is, it's quite relaxed. Yes. And also, I think they understand the value of it. You know, it's going to be seen by quite a few people. Well, um, I was at the driving range on yesterday, which was now Monday, and a guy got chatting to me listening to the podcast who was raving about your videos, said, thank you, they're all my ideas. Um, <laughs> no, he was a lovely bloke. And he said, um, I watched a Bryce interview, it changed my mind on Bryson, and the amount of people that stopped me, and I'm sure obviously so you... Many and say that about Bryson. Not that, again, Bryson needs our support, but it's nice seeing these people in a more relaxed environment for longer form content. Yeah, definitely. definitely. This podcast, though, Rick, we've got some massive news, huge news. It's probably the title of this video in this podcast. We're going to come on to that shortly. Um, it genuinely is big news. This ain't no clickbait, baby. <laughs> this is big news. Big. Um, um, just before we come on to that, yeah. I want to talk about a few... The other thing, I just want to say, how bloody nice is Close House? On. Real, like it's absolutely it. Genuinely, I've been to some amazing places here in the UK. Um, some open venues, some fantastic venues like a Wentworth or a JCB, places that have hosted huge golf mm -hmm. tournaments. Close House is right up there, yeah. Like it is as a facility, and I joked when I was there. Genuinely, if I lived within half an hour, maybe even an hour from there, oh, yeah. I would join. Hundred percent. I would want to be a member there. Yeah. It kind of it had that really nice vibe. And again, this is not a sponsored post. You're not going to see close house tattooed on my cap, <laughs> or, or are you? Um, you know, I, I just thought that the venue, Jonathan, was phenomenal. Yeah. The the managing director, managing director Jonathan Graham, the, the owner. owner. Oh my! Literally legend. He built. He bought this land with this huge house on he's done quite well in business very well a lot of people would say and he he has a passioning kind of golf and he bought this this massive patch of land and bought even more since he's built the 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 colt golf course where we i played against lee westwood to an incredible standard yeah. well, it's had tour events it's that good it's had the british masters yeah. it, it's brilliant and i can definitely see it having tour events again in the future i mean i I think it's an incredible Ryder Cup venue potentially. Yeah, I really do. And then on the flip side, we didn't we didn't play the golf course, but we walked across it, the Philly course, yeah. the little short game area, the driving range. We Top stayed tracer range. We stayed in the like the stables, the, what used to be the horses' stables, yeah. but they're, they're a bit nicer than that now. They've kind of done a unbelievable, up. incredible. Yeah. So 
I just wanted to put that out no, there because I, think... I honestly thought it was one of the, the nicest. And I tell you what, that the the every member that we bumped into, all the guests there from from Alan that, Shearer was there. Alan, I bumped into Alan Shearer had a little yeah. natter. Um, everybody that we spoke to, and I know it's a bit of a cliche that people from the northeast are friendly bunch. So bloody lovely, lovely, so I, nice. I think what well, it's every, there's different types of golf course, aren't there, and different types of golf clubs as well. So you've got some very old school and very established. You've got some much more modern. You've got municipals. You've got all different types. You've got obviously Parkland courses, links courses, etc., etc. And there's something different for everyone, isn't there? But what I loved about Close House and there's other places like Archfield we've been to, which I've hold close to my heart from my old job. I was there all the time. I love a golf course and a golf club. Well, obviously, the golf course is good. That's a big tick. Greens, tees, fairways. That's what you want, don't you? Practice facilities. Somewhere where you can hit, actually, at full shots. Somewhere yeah. where you can practice short game, you can putt. Again, Close House has that in abundance. It's got an actual proper driving range, a top tracer driving range. You've got outdoor mats. You've got grass. Busy. It's people there. There's a buzz about it. You had short game areas, putting greens, all sorts of mad stuff. That's, again, a huge tick. So if I'm going somewhere to play, that's what I'm looking for. If I'm going somewhere with the intention of joining, you also want that club feel as well. And what they had there, I was so impressed with, and it ticks my boxes. The clubhouse was unbelievably nice, really good food. One of my favourite drinks on draft, Inch's Cider. Not there a huge drinker, as you might know, but that cider was just hit the spot well. Ten, ten glasses of that and you were rocking. I was going, looking, Lee Westwood, what? Right, give me, give me a game. <laughs> I'll do you. <laughs> um, but it was the fact that it was smart in a sense so chilled there was a couple of Newcastle United footballers are in there like dead sound kidding themselves to themselves like, I had a kind of hat on backwards and maybe not golf apparel but it kind of worked there yeah. he didn't look at them and go that's not right that shouldn't be done some of the members again stopped us who listen to the podcast watch your videos were dead nice and that is what golf in my opinion should be like like we're in the day and age that be on your phone in the class be on your laptop if you want to be uh, it, yeah it's unreal and also with all that said and done the membership was we found out about the membership cost compared to your average golf course Yes, it's expensive, but it wasn't ludicrous. It wasn't, if you're into your golf, that place is not out of the realms of possibility. So big shout out. So we'll definitely be going back there. And again, reiterate, this isn't a sponsored post. It was just, I think sometimes props to amazing venues that have done amazing things and they they deserve a shout out, basically. Um, Speaking of amazing venues, and we've just said then Archerfield, last week we had the first episode of Break 75 come out. (sighs) There was so much hype around this. So much anticipation. Well, first off, thank you to everybody mm. who was so excited for it. You know, last year we obviously did break 75. We did, I did 12 different golf courses. You joined me on a few of yes. them. I had a few other guests around and we played some amazing golf courses, such as the old course at St. Andrews, JCB twice, and it battered me twice. Things like Kings Barnes, um, we, we, uh, Burt Dale. There was loads yeah. of amazing golf courses. Some also some local Presbury, courses. Stockport. Presbury, Marriott, Stockport. So there was, there was some really, really good tracks and the, the, you saw, I've said it on the video, I think me playing golf and showing you the highs and the lows is what attracts people to the, to the series. Yes. Because golf is bloody hard. Yes. And don't let anybody, anybody in the world tell you it's not. And I'm sure everybody listening and watching who's tried golf knows it's bloody hard. So for me, I want to kind of put myself out there and show you that, you know, as much as I'm a golf pro on paper, anything under 75 for me, I'm over the moon with. I'm also going to have terrible rounds. Yep. I'm also going to hit terrible shots. Yes. And hopefully, 
fingers crossed. I've seen a few negative comments saying you crap Rick and all this, but I've seen an Not awful many. lot of comments that say it's it's refreshing to see yes. bad shots happen. Well, the way I look at it, right, you turned pro off three or four, whatever it was. Three, yeah. So, therefore, if you were playing to your old handicap, you'd be shooting roughly 75. Yeah. So, therefore, breaking it is a good score. You, you play a lot in some capacity, but also you don't play as much golf as people probably think. Because I don't have of a the... scorecard in my hand very often exactly. at all. And also, what I thought about a while ago, and this is something for everybody to take note of, no matter what level you're at, your handicap is what you should shoot when you're playing very well. Yeah, you on a good day. And a way of looking at that as well is look at someone as... As huge as like Rory, Rory McIlroy, he might go out in a major and shoot 75. The next day is 65. There's a 10-shot swing in that, and he's probably one of the guys that does that the most. So there's no reason why Bob, who's an 18 handicapper from Norwich, should go out and shoot his handicap every time. He might shoot 18 over. He might shoot 29 over the next day. <laughs> I'd so love if there was a Bob listening from Norwich and going, how do you know? <laughs> exactly. How do you know what I'm doing? <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing. So you're going to shoot some break 75 episodes and shoot whatever you're going to shoot. Yeah. The next week might be 10 better or 10 worse. And yeah. that's what's exciting for people. Um, but the golf course, we've actually already, this is a weird thing for us. We've already shot a few in advance this year, which yeah. is really good for the editing process. Yeah, normally. And hope, And by the way, huge shout out to the team harry who edits all the, the break 75s it. has absolutely nailed it he's working he's working on episode three already mm. um and obviously we've only done episode one we've got four films so far which it, we wanted last year we literally we'd film it on the monday or tuesday and harry somehow would have it edited for 4 p.m friday yeah it was crazy but the 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 challenge with that one it's very taxing and challenging and also we don't feel like we can fully marinate it <laughs> <laughs> marinate the, the the edit and let it and let it breathe and let it settle where this time hopefully and you've seen this in episode one because harry's had a little bit more time he's managed to box it off so huge shout out to harry matt tim ed who's helped help shoot the mm. content as well you for playing with me so far on three episodes yeah, actually giving, loving me, it. giving me moral support um but yeah no Archfield was phenomenal. The score didn't quite go to plan. A lot of rust. Um, and But each week, Friday, 4pm, on YouTube, you'll see a new episode. And you know what? We might do a few more episodes this year. Boom. So we were going to do 12. We did 12 last year. Who, who knows how many we do. But we're not going to let it run all year. But we're going to have a, a start and a middle and a, an end. Um, like all good stories. Whether we let you know about it, who knows? We've got some amazing golf courses lined up. Um, some ones that you might know about, some that you've never heard of. But it's going to be an exciting series. It is. And I had to come clean a little bit on this because I've loved being in the episodes, obviously, because it's great to play these golf courses first off. And it's great to... Um, You're in the best position in the world. 100%. And that's <laughs> what I want to say in this one. So it was really nice, actually, because whereas it got destroyed on the week when Matt Fry did the podcast... <laughs> and I nearly quit, the, nearly quit the podcast. It was very different on this Break 75. There's a lot of nice comments from people that listen to the podcast saying it's great to see a guy playing golf. So that was very nice. Um, I want to come clean, though, in that I don't have necessarily massive control of the edit, but they keep some of my shots in just to kind of make it fresh. And some of the things I said to camera about how Rick's getting on. Guy gets Harry by the scuff of the neck. Keep so. my good shots in. Only show good shots. That's kind of true. If you show any bad shots, that's it. Yes, exactly. Well, that that is it. Um, <laughs> but I looked like I played better than I did. I didn't play fantastic, but I did some nice shots. But the one thing a you, lot of people have asked... By the way, just a quick one. You were using... I literally asked you a few hours before we played. Yeah. And you had higher clubs. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Like you, Thanks, you, Rick. You literally had... Keep going. You had a set of clubs you've never used ever before. You were kind of 
pinching a few of my irons when you needed to. So yeah. you weren't you weren't exactly in full preparation. No, mode. but I hit that on the seventeenth. If you watched it, I hit this amazing three iron. That was, that like was a ridiculous. I, you know what I liked about it? You called it as well. I did call it, uh, but I'd call all my shots that you don't see as well. It's the problem. Um, <laughs> Harry, 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 get this one. Get this one. I'm going to chip. Right. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do? I'm going to chip this one in. Right. That's it. He'll chip it. And go. Oh, we won't use that one. But no one ever sees that. That's the beauty. So. Um, I don't. I honestly don't know what I was shocked. Like, I lost a lot of balls, didn't count. In the second episode, I counted, which is a better score. But anyway, what I, a lot of people, or I say a lot of people, like, a number of people have asked is, did I make the birdie? Um, no, I didn't make the birdie. Oh, and wow. We're going to show the... If you're watching this podcast now, we're going to be rolling the clip over as I'm speaking. If you're listening, um, jump over to the video version of the podcast, you'll see the putt. It was a pathetic putt. And actually, annoyingly, this is hand on heart, I thought I'd hit the shot closer when I thought yeah. back. Someone asked me online how far was it? It's seven forty, wasn't it? It was about thirteen forty. I actually foot. think your memory of the shot now has maybe been tarnished because you've it seen has. it again. I know it wasn't actually as close as I thought it was, and I missed the putt, so I didn't get the birdie. But hey ho, this isn't guys break seventy five. This is me going on hitting the odd good shot. All exactly. the shots come down to you, exactly. the fats and stuff. The fats, the thins, the chunks, the shanks. But no, it was good. Um, so that was break seventy five, and it said there's more episodes coming soon, and it is going to be good. Yeah, I hope it, no, it, it is, and like I say, it's nice to get out and actually play proper golf, like actually having a scorecard in your hand. It really, really, really does make me think. Like, reminds me, it's it's bloody hard to get around a golf, like you know, to play well for eighteen holes is yeah. challenging. Like trying to get up and down on certain situations, having that having that competitiveness in it is really challenging i've got one more thing to talk about before we go on to the big news we've had a question on facebook i asked today for some questions on facebook um we've not pushed the facebook page for a while but if you use facebook and you want to become part of the rick shields golf show podcast facebook group join it and you can chat to other like-minded followers fans rick yep. occasionally um I'm sorry just a quick i'm just getting a tiny bit of interference yeah, can you hear yeah, it? something a little bit i don't know if it's no it's just gonna be our headphones one hopefully second. Um, anyway, if you want to join that Facebook group, please do. Am I carrying on, Rick? Why do that? Rick's on his hands and knees. That's got worse, actually, the, the noise. Oh, that's better, I think. Yeah, that's good for me. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Rick's just fixing the stuff. Technical support. Yeah, he's well chuffed with himself now. You actually put a, a picture up the other day as well, didn't you, with the drill? You got a drill and put a picture up. Oh, right. I thought you meant... Picture, put, of you, picture of yourself in the I office. I thought you meant I put a picture... <laughs> no, you put a picture of yourself up in the office. I thought you meant I put a picture on Instagram of, of me with a drill. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, no, I did. I hung a picture. Yeah. A very nice picture. Yeah, it was one of you and a YouTube thing. A nice thing. little YouTube... A present from YouTube when I was on that billboard. So that was quite cool. So yeah. there's now probably... Probably in the office, maybe 27 pictures of me up. Yeah, there is. And every computer I turn to is a picture of me. Every picture is for every Thin fat chip you fit in a video. <laughs> well, <laughs> we need, it needs to be, uh, what's that famous, um, is it a cathedral? That, um, oh, the Sistine Chapel Yeah, or I think it needs to be that, yeah. if, I, if I was going to do all that. Um, anyway, the question I'm getting to in a roundabout way um, is from a guy called Stephen Walker. And he says... Hi, Stephen. Does Rick still have lessons to improve his golf game? If so, uh, what area of his golf game is he having lessons on? And if he um, isn't having lessons, why not? And what's his handicap why at not? the moment? So um, you don't have a handicap, but what would it be roughly? No, I, I think genuinely at the moment, and it's not me sugarcoating it at all, I, I honestly think I'll probably be above, off about eight really? right now. Yeah, just because I've not posted any great scores just yet. Yeah. Um, I, but the new handicap system, as you saw last year, like you don't have to have one good round and it'll be less. What What do you think? What, what would you say? I don't, no, because 
Sometimes with a scorecard in your hand, like we saw from the first episode of Brick 75, that is the kind of scores you can be shooting. Yeah. But your ability is so much better than that. Like Maybe, maybe all right, then, maybe four or five. Yeah. I think because, again, with your handicap, those good scores that you will have would stay in. But one thing that actually is kind of just coming off topic briefly, I think the other day when we were playing or something you did and you said, I'm not scoring very well. And a lot of golfers, when you get to a certain ability, feel like that, don't we, when you say, I'm not scoring very well. And I've said it before loads of times. And I've actually thought why that is. I think I've worked it out. When you first start playing golf, we all hit uh, shots. We take seven or eight to get out of a bunker. We might seven put. Well, that's an example, but ex- extreme example. But you know what I mean. And we hit horrendous shots, like literally terrible shots. And those terrible shots compound into terrible scores. As you get better at golf, even maybe let's say 18 handicap or better, you hit much, much fewer of those terrible, terrible shots, don't yeah. you? So, for example, I am a golfer who plays a lot and feels like I don't score well. That's what I'll say. I'll ring my brother up. How do you play? Oh, yeah, I couldn't score. Actually, look at what you've done. I might be on a par four. I mean, decent drive, but a little bit of a fade to the light rough, but it's fine, okay? So, happy with that-ish. Not lost my ball. Gets the ball, hit like an eight iron out of the light rough, and I just put it on like maybe the side of the green again. A good strike, but just kind of under club or whatever. I then hit a chip with my 54 degree and catch it quite nicely and put it to like six foot and then miss the putt by mm. looking out. That's a bogey. I've not really hit one bad, bad shot. But again, compounded together, there's my bogey. Yeah. Now, was a supposed four handicapper, I can only have four of those bogeys. Yeah. If I have seven or eight of them in the round and then say, oh, I shot 78 today, but I just couldn't score. Well, actually, no, you, you've just not hit the right shot. Do you get what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I think as we get better and those, hopefully those real horrendous shots get fewer and fewer, and you're hitting more normal strikes and good strikes, but the scores don't always follow suit. Does that make sense? I, I, I Yeah, I would almost put it down to more. You, you can have a round, and you, you'd have experienced it, where you can strike the ball well. Yes. like You feel like you're hitting it out the middle. You feel confident over the ball. You feel like the shots that you, you're trying to hit, you, you, you're almost executing them. But there might be times where... You don't quite know how far your yardages are going at the moment. Mm. So you might underclub a few times or you might overclub. You've not you're not quite got the pace of the greens or you're not quite understanding how the chip's going to react when it lands and hits the green. And it's it's almost those little things that that more games of golf you get better at. Yeah. You know, do you get what I mean yeah, by 100%. that? Or even like daft things where in fact, it was Westwood, and I was playing down this hole, and I was like, where's the wind coming off? Because we're in this kind of sheltered area. Where's the wind coming off? And I felt like there was no wind at all. And he said, well, don't worry about this bit, because the wind's not going to touch your ball here. We're going to look down to where your ball's going to be in peak height and see what ah, the wind's doing there. And because we're in a bit of a shelter, once you go past the trees, the wind's off the right. Because if you remember on the last hole, it was off the left. I'm yep. thinking, I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah. And I, and again, with more game experience, you start thinking like that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you start thinking more logically and start thinking, right, I know I'm hitting it well, but how am I going to get the golf ball in the hole in less shots? I know that I'm hitting, if I if I hit a three-quarter seven iron, which I don't know how far three-quarter seven iron goes at the moment, yeah. it lands like one six two, for example, if you're mm. playing a lot of golf. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So I, I do think, yeah, it's a compound of very tiny errors that can easily rack up your score if you're a good player. But it's also just those little, uh, being out of practice, being out of kilter with actually grinding And on the scoring. flip side, you can get, uh, there's a guy, and I'll name his name, he won't be, there's a guy called Mike Morell who I used to play with as a junior. He was a good golfer, scratch golfer. And I was like 14, 15, and I was a decent level. And I used to love playing with him because he was a good player. And I played with him, I think, two years in a row in the club championship and he won both years 
And he was a lovely bloke. What used to borderline frustrate me is, I would say, and I still would stand by this, I was a better ball striker than he was. He would hit quite a low, thin drive, didn't go particularly far. He'd hit it kind of on the green, then two put. And you just do that 18 times. Yeah, do nothing wrong. Exactly. And I was quite a young, you know, quite a strong-ish golfer, hitting it quite far, quite a good speed and stuff. And he beat me hands down. And it, he was almost the opposite of that. He wasn't the best impress. If you watch him at the range, you wouldn't think he was off scratch. But yeah. around a golf course, he was a scratch golfer, yeah. a genuine scratch player. I think the other thing, just going back, you know, let's say, let's say you're playing a lot of golf, right? And you're playing a lot of competi- competition golf. Or you've got a scorecard in your hand a lot. Or you Like these tour players, when they're doing it week in, week out, there'll be times in that process where you'd have bogeyed the first three holes yep. or, or, or had a bad start. But through experience and grind, you may have got it back. You may have, have, have finished the round level par after having a terrible start. So next time that happens to you, you're not as scared. You're not as worried because you think, well, actually, two weeks ago, I did something similar to this. And I can get it back. I know yeah. I can. But again, when you're out of practice and you're not, you've not got that kind of real game face on at the moment, if I have a bad start, I don't have any recent history of bringing those bad scores back. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, so 100%. It, that, I think... It, it's a cor- it's a kind of combination of a lot of things. It's almost like you can strike the ball well. You can go to range and strike it pure and hit every shot like a middle in it. But it's like, say, translating that into a golf course and having that sharpness to your game. I, I think, think that's what, what gets lost. One that you did wrong in last season's break 75, and I think you might have done it in the first episode this year as well, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but because you're playing to obviously break 75, once you get two over or three over, you naturally feel like you've got to hunt for birdies. Yeah. And by doing that, you it can work, but equally, yeah, yeah 100%. it can make much more mistakes. Whereas if you were playing for like, if, 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 I don't know what the series would be called, if you're just playing for the best score you could, and I think you might almost sometimes think, right, I'm seven over, let's just avoid more disaster yeah, and just right. get some nice pars. And then a weird birdie might just fall in. Yeah. Well, you, I think that's a great example. Like Kings Barnes, yeah. kind of quite nervous, playing with a lot of good players in this, like Minwoo Lee being one of them. I started nicely. Yeah. I made some really good... Well, I made a lot of string of pars, if you remember, but yeah. I got through the first six holes making six pars. And at that point, I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to shoot yeah. a good score today. There's no need to go for like, score. I literally just... almost can't shoot a bad score today, weirdly. Yeah. Where if I'd just made a couple of silly bogeys in those first six, you're suddenly thinking, there's a lot of tough holes yeah, to come, yeah. and how am I going to still make as many bird... You know, where you saw in that video, I made 16 pars... A birdie and a bogey. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I think that's right. That is right. You had yeah, the level par. Um, we've not answered the question of having lessons though, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I have. Over the last few years, I've been seeing Dan Whitaker, who we've had on the podcast before. Um, certainly when I was doing kind of quest for the open and really trying to practice a lot, he, Dan reached out to me. It was a really nice message actually. Um, after my first ever open qualifying event and said, listen, I, I think I can help you with your game because you, <laughs> you crap. Um, I said, oh, please, please help. Because I think as a pro, sometimes, um, what's the right word? Not vanity, but se- almost self pride stops you from going getting a, a lesson. Sometimes it's like if you were a personal trainer and you're in good shape, but you go to another personal trainer, you might feel a bit like weird about it. Yeah. It, so, but it's strange because everybody, because as much as I can see errors or faults in my own golf swing. I think you're very biased to your own golf swing as well, negatively or positively. Well, the things that you might think you're doing wrong because of history, you might not be doing too bad at the moment, but you still know that they're there. He's like, like oh, no, scar no, about- tissue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, over the last probably two weeks, I've seen Dan once. Um, a gl- 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good session. I've worked on strengthening my grip after Faldo telling my, my grip's crap. What um, does he know? Uh, but yeah, no, there's, there's look, my balance now is having instruction or, you know, advice, but actually putting in the time and we've mentioned it before, having lessons is one thing, but it's not magic dust no. that's going to suddenly make you better. Might give you a little confidence boost for next time you go out and play, but you know, it's changing something, you know, it's working, you know, it's getting better and then putting the hard yards in, oh, oh, I finding if, success in the dirt. Yeah. I wonder if we could actually pr- uh, make a brand of Rick Shields magic dust. Comes with little packets that you get like American golf in the tees, and we just say sell it on OnlyFans. Yeah, why OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> I felt that's the way place you can get away with this stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so and then I had a putting lesson with Phil Kenyon back in the last year. We actually did make a video, but it, it wasn't our best video, so we actually never posted it. You know, um, it wasn't the best video that, and no offense to Phil, because he is so knowledgeable and you were so inquisitive because you were the world's best putting coach naturally. The dialogue you two had and the, the conversation was so long and in-depth that you gained a lot from it. He was an absolute expert, but it, it wouldn't work as a video. It almost worked as a like a two-hour podcast. It would, and there's the odd person out there who I kind of feel sorry for because they would love to watch that and they would sit there for two hours and enjoy every minute of it. The vast majority would find it just too much. So again, that video will be on, available on my OnlyFans. Yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so Phil You've not gave posted me a, there for ages. I I'm know, I know, I know. $7.99 a month <laughs> for one picture every two weeks. <laughs> of, my, of my left toe. <laughs> And my left big toe. It's the right toe wants to see. <laughs> I'm saving that one. Um, so yeah, no, there's, there's there's definitely little bits of of trying to improve. Um, just physically, I'm trying to get better in myself as well. I feel like I play better when I've got more energy and I feel better and I've lost a little bit of weight and I feel a little bit stronger. Um, so those things, 
it's it's so annoying because I almost want to leave myself a video in that I, I do now, but I watch in October mm. and say, Rick, for the next six months, you're doing hardly anything. It's cold, it's wet, it's horrible. Get in the frigging gym. Work hard now on your game because it's inevitable. As soon as I get to May or April, I'm like, oh crap, why don't I do enough through the winter? Yeah. Well, I've got something I want to, you know about this, but I wanted to share it to, I've not told you I'm going to share it to the audience, but I think it's quite good. So our audience is massively male we know that for an ad statistic fact because we can see the data we'd have some females as well which we massively appreciate i always actually just on that i always think it's great when like a a, a woman messages us on the facebook group or something because it's nice to have those female listeners 100%. Uh, but typically it's mostly male and you know typically again it's people between like 20 and 45 who, again there's people outside those brackets obviously people that live busy lives people that have children that whatever and golf's the hobby so have much time for the things and we all know that a lot of people, like you've said, aren't happy with how fit they are, whatever. So I set a challenge this month, and you're in on this, where I'm going to run 100 kilometers in May, right? So yep. that's about 60 miles for anyone that still works in miles or whatever. And you're going to do it with me, I believe. Yep. You've already done 10 in a ridiculous time of 48 minutes, by I the know, way. I'm Hats flying. off. That's that is no, I have my hat on. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the I am Rick Shields hat that you always wear everywhere. You know what? Honestly, I'm not worried of a lie. It was absolutely dripping wet wow. with that. No, but what I was thinking was, right, a lot of people love, again, the Facebook group and the communities you've set up on Twitter and stuff. I always invite people to participate, but I've thought of a different way of doing it because not everyone wants to run. So, like a bit like golf, we're going to have red tees or forward tees, whatever you want to call them, red tees, yellow tees, and white tees. So the white tee challenge for the month of May, so admittedly this is a couple of days in now, you know, only three days, is to run, run, or walk, if you want to walk, 100 kilometers this month, 60 miles. Yellow tees is the same, but 75 kilometers, which is about... uh miles. No, it's... uh would be three... I've got that. Yeah, about seven. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right. 75 kilometers. Yeah, in I miles. Mean, Why can't I think of that? Is it not around it's four and a half. 40? Yeah, no, four and a half. Yeah, so 45 miles. Yeah. That's a bit long-winded. And then the red one, the forward tees, would be 50 kilometers or about 30 miles. Again, you right. can run or you can walk it. If anyone listening wants a little bit of motivation, you might be on a walk or run now. Join us, uh, tweet us if you want, send us DMs. We'll try and cheer you on. We're going to try and do it. And just want to put this out there so we don't slack. Should we put it, update people in the Facebook clubhouse? Yeah, Facebook, Facebook group, and group, and the Twitter, the Twitter community. community, or DM us on whatever on Instagram or whatever. Just put if you want something to get you. Let's have weekly updates. Okay. So, so far, I've done 10 kilometers. And I've done 10. I've done two fives. Okay. So, uh, but again, you can walk and you can do the reds, which is 50 kilometer walk throughout the month, which is doable. Yeah. Um, I like I like it. Good right. luck, everyone. Okay, perfect. Anyway, now the moment you have been waiting for, ladies, gentlemen, um, people of all ages, some big, 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 big news. The guy to my left, Rick Shields, you've got a new sponsor. Woo, 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 woo. So, yeah, this is, this is really exciting news. And it's more because... Uh, we, I love sharing these ideas and these um, reasons why I, I choose to spon- get selected with certain sponsors and brands. So you might have noticed, certainly over the last few months, I've been wearing a new footwear. Mm-hmm. The company is Echo. Yes, Echo. And Echo, I have been testing these shoes for a long time. That is a big, big keyword. So I reckon... Pre-Christmas, we started talking about Echo. Mm-hmm. They'd seen the opportunity of maybe looking to sponsor me. And I would, you know, 
with any sponsorship, because of, obviously I've got an audience, I'm always quite protective about what we push to the audience. That if we was push a, anything. That was a huge under-exaggeration from your part. You aren't just a bit protective. You are very, <laughs> rightly so, very protective about you have to genuinely like the product and you've been very fortunate that lots and lots of brands, which we won't mention, have sent us product for you to test, to try, not for reviewing clubs and balls or such, but for clothing and shoes. And you are the most fussy person I've ever met, which is great. Over the last nearly 18 months, I couldn't even imagine how many footwear brands have sent me shoes. I mean, my garage is literally full of boxes. However, none of them have passed the test for me. Nope. Up until I started wearing Echo shoes. Um I started wearing them pre-Christmas and they sent me loads of different sizes. Sorry, loads of different styles, shall I say. Genuinely, hands down, the comfiest shoes I've ever worn. Mm -hmm. Like, not not even a question. To the point where I am literally wearing every single style of shoe, even some of the golf shoe styles. <laughs> like, I went to Centre Parts at the start of the year. Yeah. I wore them every single day. There's evidence Parks. of this on your Instagram. People, <laughs> I looked closely and I called you a GCW, which if you know, you know. I literally wore Echo shoes for every day of the holiday. Like, almost like semi-golf shoes. Yeah. There's loads of amazing styles. And I think what I love about Echo is they are a shoe brand. Yes. Like, they specialise in shoes. Massive off-course offering as well they're not just a golf shoe company so we're a danish company yeah family owned yes. making shoes since like 1960s 1963 and for me what i've loved about them so far is the fact that and i've never seen this in different shoes before the toe box the area like where your toes are this is spacious mm. like so they're kind of snug in the back of the heel they're nice and kind of fitted in the middle section of the foot but then the toes have room to breathe yeah um so that's what i found really comfortable so for me when i'm looking for a new pair of shoes or anything that i'm going to wear comfort is obviously key fashion yeah. is key performance yes. is key now they don't make a lot of spiked shoes and i was worried about that first remember when we had the chat 100 because i've often used certainly when i'm playing serious I, I prefer or i used to prefer a spiked shoe a lot of the Echo ones don't have spikes. They have yeah. like kind of the the really... It's like an integrated traction. Yeah, where the, there are some spikes for options as well. I was worried in, in different conditions, wet conditions, where it's a bit slippery, that the, the non-spikes wouldn't work. Yeah. I've not seen any evidence of that whatsoever. No, well, when if you think about it, probably 10 years ago when spikeless golf shoe emerged from, from several brands, including Echo as well, it was very much like a super trainer and they were very comfortable to be worn. If you were assistant pro or I was at American Golf on my feet for 10 hours a day, they were quite cool to wear because they were a golf shoe, but like a trainer. But yeah, you wouldn't get any traction when you no. play. It's only a slightly wet tee box, but the Echo ones have a, a bit more, don't they? Yeah. You know what, for me as well, fascinating, because when I used to work at a pro shop, when I used to work at Mia, we used to have loads of different shoe companies and loads of different styles. And customers would come in and say, I want the most comfortable shoes. And at the time I was like, I had no real alliance to anybody. But over time, there was a definite trend. Mm-hmm. Like over time, when you show people different shoes, you get them to try them on. And then you get them to try on the Echoes. There was always a response. These are the comfiest. These are the ones. And people are very, very eagle-eyed viewers have spotted that I've been wearing Echo yeah. really since the start of the year, to be honest. Yeah. And they've, 
I've seen loads of comments saying I'm a loyal Echo fan. I would wear nothing else than Echo. Um, they, they've done me great, you know, service over many, many years. And already I'm seeing that. Yeah. Already I'm seeing why people are such loyal Echo fans. 100%. And I think the great thing is for, for the listener, for the viewer of obviously the main channel as well, and, and social media followers, this isn't going to be something where you're getting pushed footwear no. down your throats every week. You know that Rick left his previous clothing and footwear brand, and if you've watched that video, you'll understand the reasons why Rick and, and we kind of chose to to move away from that. We've, we've spoke very close to the guys at Echo, and, you know, like you said, the biggest thing for you is that the shoes fit you well, you go on your feet a lot, yeah. and that, you know, they suit the audience as well, and, and that you're not going to be starting pushing down people's throat. We're going a little bit heavy to talk about it of course, it's an announcement, yeah. but this isn't going to be a regular thing, no. so don't... This, but, this uh, is literally just to give you a bit of a heads up of why I've decided to, it's a big, to partner with a brand. ask a lot. Like, yeah, it's only the Putter video reviews recently where you can see your footwear. I know all that was before this actual sponsorship, the deal was signed. That was because you genuinely liked them so much, and I've worn them as well, and I think they're really good. Um, but yeah, I just want to get it out there. Don't worry, it's not going to be a big thing, you know. And also, an obvious reason, if you think about it, Echo don't make golf clubs, they don't make golf balls, and they never will. So this has no, you know, if Rick's now reviewing a Titleist driver or Callaway driver, it's not, it doesn't have any influence yeah, at, all. at all. Whereas if you were wearing Puma footwear, for example, well, people might then question when you're testing a Cobra club or whatever it might be, or foot jaw with Titleist or whatever it is. Um, so there's no kind of issues there I've at all. I've always, and guys, you know this if you're a loyal fan, I've always been super cautious about this relationship between what I wear, what I what I kind of endorse, and how closely that is linked with manufacturers. Yep. Like, I just think it's a really, not, not a, a clean transaction if there is any kind of integration there. So for me, I always try and keep it ridiculously separate. Whatever I wear or whatever I get involved in will not be involved with manufacturers. And you know what as well, and this is a kind of, not that people need this note, but for, for people watching, and this is why it was so important for you when going with Echo, is that for a golfer, your footwear is invaluable. And I think sometimes we underestimate that as golfers because, again, you walk in between four and five miles per round, mm. which is a long way. If you're playing twice, three times a week, which a lot of people are, it's, it's a, a hell of a lot of stray on your feet. You need something that's comfortable. You want that performance. Now, I know a lot of people think, well, you know, driver's got this this technology and iron's got this. What's a piece of footwear? Well, footwear has a lot of technology into it to keep you comfortable, to keep you traction, etc. Yeah. And a big thing with the vast majority of the Echo shoes, they're actually Gore-Tex as well. So they're fully waterproof and all that kind of stuff. So... A lot goes into them. It took you a long time to try different shoes and find the one that fits you best, literally. And that's where you've landed. Yeah. So, guys, like I say, nothing changes for you, but we just want to give you a heads up. You know, it's been a little bit of, like I say, people have been commenting what you're wearing, what you're wearing. It's just an opportunity to sit down and explain the reasons why. Um, I'm a massive fan. I am. I really am. And it's great to be able to partner with Echo, hopefully for many, many years to come. And uh, thanks for everybody's support. And I, and I know you understand the situation that i'm in and why you support it so much so um you'll see many more echoes and on that's the podcast you can you can tell these stories longer than just a social media post but one thing though echo i think you've made a mistake by signing rick because look how good of a model i would look right there ready for this just if you're listening you have to watch the video ready Ching. That look good. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be wearing, by the way. That You're is almost the, as white as your teeth. Nearly. That is the Echo Biome. Is that the C4? That's the C4, I think. Yeah. I've, got, I've got a mini grey. Yeah. So I'm swag. literally wearing golf shoes in the studio today. And that's not just for this. That's what you do every day. I literally wear these all. Yeah. They're just like, they are just like trainers, really, yeah. aren't they? 
But there you anyway, go. So great. Thanks everyone. Thanks for your support. Um, anyway, Thanks, that was really good. So we have got a little dear Rick for you. Okay, Rick. go for it. So this is the part of the show that's one of my favourites. I love how much attention you pay, how much thought goes into it. If you want to email, annoyingly, I think I said this to you a while ago, we're having so many spam emails, it's outrageous. Um, but we want your genuine email, so email us, all podcast. Those, all those dodgy sites you've been signing up to. Yeah, that was my only fans. My wife <laughs> uh, it's podcast at rickshields.com. Um, and to be honest with you, I hate to admit it, the clickbait titles work. So if you clickbait and say, like, guy is a massive loser, I'll probably read your email. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you're just massively asked for it now. I like it. Oh dear. Um, right, let me find the dear Rick though. Um, so what I could do with doing is actually get me emails a bit neater so I can find them. Here we go. So you've given Rick lots of advice before, and to be fair, I think it's good advice on how to get your youngsters into golf. Mm. This is a different question. This is couples golf. So okay. it's from um, I think I'll, uh, I'll leave it anonymous. I never know what's the best thing to do, but. Hi, uh, dear Guy and Rick. So, again, it's an old school thing, but a great way of getting your email read out. Put Guy first, and it's a huge, massive tick. Uh, I'm a long-time YouTube subscriber and newer to the podcast. Great to have him converted over. I find myself blasting through the episodes on the daily. I'd have made it through about half of them. Um, I suspect that I'll feel a bit of emptiness once I catch up, but hope to fill that void with the open podcast you recommended around episode 45. Nice. So what I love about that is that he's, he's heard the open recommendation, yeah, yeah. he's took it on board, but he's committing with us for the time being. Of course he is. So, good guy. Uh, my question is about trying to keep your spouse or significant other engaged in golf if they're new to the sport. I've been golfing for about 10 years, but only started to take it seriously about a year ago when I took my first lessons. I've upgraded my clubs and I've invested a lot of time and money into improving. My fiancé has seen how enthusiastic I am about golf and how I look forward to the arrival of new equipment and each lesson I attend. She herself has purchased a half set of clubs and has bought some items of clothing and equipment to use at the golf course. So this is just sounding perfect. That's really nice. What advice would you give to someone like me who hopes to make golf a big part of my recreational activity but would like to keep my fiancé interested into the sport? Would you suggest uh, changing up the way I play when I'm playing with her to put less pressure on myself and keep my emotions in check? apply <laughs> if you were in a situation if you're in my situation or have previously been in my situation how would you guys go about keeping a good thing uh along with making an activity that we can both enjoy together but still use it as a way to improve my game from anonymous first things first i absolutely love how he wants to bring his fiance into the game of golf that's each individual's prerogative some people want a wait time away from the house which is fine on their own some people want to take the wife or husband on board I love how it's not this, this horrible attitude of like, she should be at home while I'm playing golf. So big shout out to this guy. Um, I feel like I'm in zero position to give advice. Wow. Um, I've been with my wife for 15 years. Yeah. And multiple times I've tried. Yeah. To, you know, maybe tempt her into giving it a go. Um, multiple times it's not worked at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I, I must admit though, I, I'm not, I, I, for me, I'm in a slightly different position than my wife because it, it's kind of my work. Yeah. So actually, not that I would have ever, ever, ever discouraged her to play golf, but sometimes it is really nice that she actually knows really nothing about it. Yeah, so that's true. Sometimes for me, pers- on a personal note, but I totally understand what this guy's talking about because I do also quite like, I, I kind of em- envy it when I see it. And sometimes, mm. maybe, maybe in the future, Maybe when I retire to Barbados and decide to bring my wife into playing golf, whatever, it might be the time. Um, for me, there's a couple of things. It sounds like 
he's doing a lot of the really good things and she she's she's into it yeah. she seems like she's really keen um i think what's really great about golf is that and we we spoke about loads you can if you want to become be competitive with other people of different abilities different sexes different ages if they wanted to become competitive there is a handicap system that would allow that and everything else i, I think that's a really good way you might have some arguments after but there's a really good way of doing it the other way that i would i would like to see a little bit more of is where it's still fun he can still get his enjoyment and still play it and she can feel encouraged it's almost if you play like alternate shots mm. like just a little nine hole alternate shot you'll absolutely fly around probably do it in an hour and a half if it's quiet and and you're you're kind of playing together so you're always walking together yeah because you walk into the same ball just play with one ball and there's that little bit of advice and if there's a bit of a tricky shot that maybe one of you struggles with and the other one's really good at you could swap turns and, and almost play as a team mm-hmm. and try and play as like a, a collective where you're trying to you know you're not maybe battling against each other but you're trying to support each other and give each other advice because i think that way you can you certainly come stronger he gets his fix because he feels like he's still improving and she whichever way around it is they might find themselves in very different positions on the golf course because of it you know his tee shot might normally end x position where if his if his sign if his fiance teed off it might end up somewhere else he'll go this is somewhere different this will be a different test for me, a different shot or whatever it may be. So I would like to see that a bit more. Um, and apart from that, like I said, not really. That's no, great advice. Or, or, or the last, last, last thing is maybe if, if there's another couple that maybe like you can almost do something similar to that where you get on with the fella and she gets on with the wife and the, you can all kind of mix together and almost, this is still golf advice, by the way. <laughs> you, can, you can all go and play like together. And, and again, it can be a fun, relaxed, alternate shot, whatever it may be, just a fun environment. No, I think that's good advice. But the other thing I would say, it's great that he wants to get his wife into the game. That's great. But in some ways, I'll treat it no different if you were getting a friend to the game, just because it's his wife. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think golf is difficult to get into because it is so hard so it's about like you said enjoying the full aspects like maybe doing more putting or going to the top trisha driving range hitting like long drive i took my wife to driving range once and she's kind of semi into hitting a shot but she literally i got i've got a woman's nike drive that i had from my old job really nice like light graphite shaft big load of loft and she was hitting some and once she started seeing the long drive that like her shots going up and up and up and then over 100 yards she was well into it now she wouldn't want to go every week with me or whatever but as a one-off, she really enjoyed that. So maybe a bit more fun, like you said. Um, maybe nine holes rather than 18. Yeah. Like you said with the kids, kind of playing less than more. Maybe yeah, that's an approach doing to little take. six holes or something. But, yeah, if she, but equally, if she's into it, she's into it. Like yeah. there's loads of women at my golf club who absolutely love it. And the husbands don't play. Yeah, yeah. Like, so. yeah like I say, it's different for every every scenario, every couple. Um, like I say, I've not got loads of great experience in it. But just, just make it fun. Yeah. Like make it enjoyable. Matt's behind there with his hands on his head, so we should switch the camera angles quick so he has to stop doing that. He just looks like he's chilling. Oh, I thought you meant in, like, shock. No, just like this, chilling, so he's meant to be switching the cameras. He's just got this daydreaming. Um, I've got a quick question for you from Simon David. Like, I've not recorded, lads. Yeah, well, hopefully. Um, as we said before, the Facebook group is the one place to go to to yeah. have your questions answered, and this is the kind of caliber of questions we have got. Simon David, what crisps are you putting on your crisp butty? Oh, a crisp butter. Oh, God, I do love a crisp butter. Do you have salad cream on a crisp butter? I don't know. I do, 100%. Do you have any sauce at all? On a crisp butter? Yeah. Needs a bit of, needs a bit of moisture. Yeah, so what, what I do, I have peanut butter on it and then the crisp. Oh. 
I've re- asked this question for a reason, which you'll, you'll find out in a moment. Mm, if I'm having a crisp button, I've got every possible crisps. The issue is, you kind of need flat crisps as well. Well, nah, you don't, you say, because you can Would only you go Pringles, just, though, and squash? Well, that's what I'm going to... You literally I, I'll tell you what. You, I'll tell you what. I, this actually is a proper throwback. When I was at college, I used to get like a packet of crisps, open it a bit, crunch them all up in the bag. So they're all like tiny little bits. Two pieces of bread, butter, shed loads of salad cream, sprinkle the, the crisp from the from the packet... So it's all all and it and like the salad cream acts as like glue. You're a monster. And then and then the other piece of bread, a little bit more salad cream. Bang, chopping half, bang. You know what I love about the podcast? When I'm planning it before we do it, I think, God, how can it get to an hour? Simple question like that, and we've gone on for three minutes already. Um, I I, I think flavour though, it's got to be a toss up between salt and vinegar. Yeah, just yeah, because I just think yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so, so bloody good on a butter. Yeah. Uh, or or maybe even Worcester sauce. Okay. Yeah. The reason I asked that was because first it was a good question. <laughs> Secondly, yesterday, which was Monday, I was at the driving range, bank holiday Monday, and Pringles man was there. Shout out to Pringles man. Do you know who he is? Pringles man. He's Pringles man. The guy that's always at the driving range in the cafe a lot of time yeah. shouts over. Yeah. He works at the Pringles factory. Shut up. Man, yes. Well, I'm on my third free pack. You're joking me. No. So he cut to yesterday, how are you getting on? I was like, yeah, good, thanks, listen to the podcast. So Pringles man, shout out, um, he gave me, he went, I'll get you some Pringles, went to the van, came back with some salt and vinegar, Pringles, big tube, standard, great. Then he said, do you like spicy stuff? I went, yeah, I'm partial. Went back to his van, got me this other pack of cheese and chilli spicy Pringles. So I went home and had Pringles. Wow. So I, don't, I didn't catch his name, but I know him as Pringles man. I probably shouldn't have ignored him that time. He came up to it. Do you want some crisps? Do you want some good stuff? He calls them tubes. Do you want some What's tubes? Tube? I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I, so d- I don't, said, I don't to, participate well, in Well, what in was tubes. weird is he said to me, I was in the, the reason I first got some is I was in the cafe and he comes to me and went, I've got a 13 inch tube on him on it if you come to the cafe. <laughs> and I followed him stupidly and I got some Pringles. So that's how I first got mine. Wow. So, so yeah. yeah, there you go. It was a 13 inch tube. Well, I always got told not to take snacks off strangers, so. Maybe I'll be a bit more cautious. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to the back of the van of these uh, strangers. Yeah, that was good. I had a good experience. Anyway, um, and last one, I've got a quick question from Gary Myers. Again, I've got experience with this. Have either of you ever been hit by a stray golf ball? Well, we had the talking point two weeks ago when I got hit by a bloody yeah, golf, golf club. club. Um, have I, uh, I don't think I have. No. Yeah, I've no, hit, I've not. I've hit someone quite badly as well. So... My home golf club, you've played it with me the first time ever the other day and you beat me in a match play. Oh, why have we not talked about this? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> rewind the podcast. <laughs> Let's go back to the start. Breaking news, everybody. I went round, I forgot about Huffwood it. Golf Club. I went round Huffwood Golf Club and uh, kicked your ass. You did, because I played really bad. So it's not like that oh big deal. Oh my God, have I forgot about this? No, it's all right. Your medal's on its way. That's in the post. It's bloody hilly. It's hilly. It's ridiculous. It's a good course in, in ways. It's getting better. It's It has a lot of unique characteristics, yeah. It does. In like... Home of Guy Charnock. Home of Guy Charnock. But lots of holes where you... Certainly as a new golfer, I honestly think I'd play... I didn't play great when I first played with you, but I think I'd play a lot worse now I know the course. 100%. It's one of those courses Just where... scary out of bounds everywhere. Because you don't know it, I can stand up there and you go, I oh, just hit it just left of that mark and you're like, okay. And kind of almost do yeah. it and you'd be like that's safe 
you'd hit it five yards right at the mark and go, that might be out of bounds. And yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. What do you mean it's nearly out of bounds? He's like, yeah, that might be out of bounds. I'm like, you're joking. That's why I wish I could do. And it sounds bizarre. This normally a golf course gets easy the more you play it. I honestly think when you've had scar tissue, like you said before, on a golf course, I would love to go and have those things from Men in Black where you met, your memory just goes for a minute and start stand on the first tee and just play it to the markers. I think I'd do it a lot better because I know where the trouble is. It really scares me. Oh my, have, I, have we not spoke about this? First, do we need to say something else? Yeah, because I wanted to talk. It was just about have I ever hit anybody on the golf course. Oh yeah, go on. Tell that story know, first. The 16th at my course, the downhill pass. I was just about three. to come onto that hole. Yeah. yeah, it was foggy. Yeah, playing in the, in the uh, winter league and there's a group in front of us. It was so foggy, couldn't see the green. We waited for what felt like ten minutes, and then we heard this shout, and it sounded to me like they said the green's clear. Which thought, oh, thanks. That's like ringing a bell, really. Yeah, thanks yeah. for letting us know the green's clear. I'll now hit hit this three iron stinger. As everyone's seen who watches Break Seventy Five, my three iron stingers are fire, and. Um, Next thing we heard some screaming, you've hit him, you've hit him, you've hit him. Oh my God. What they were actually saying, I since found out was, don't hit yet, which sounds nothing like green's clear, but that's what I interpret it as. I literally pinged this guy in the head. He had to get taken in a buggy, a golf cart for you in America, to the clubhouse. He was literally bleeding. I was absolutely mortified. I didn't do it on purpose, obviously. I couldn't even see. And in the end, he was okay. When I was working at Nike, I had a van full of golf balls, so I gave him a load of golf balls as a piece oh offering. But it was a horrible experience. Oof. It's kind of funny-ish now, but at the time, I was really worried and upset wow there you go so yeah you beat me great anyway so Matt, thanks for listening Matt, to the podcast Matt this is going to go and start of the podcast like almost like before I even introduce the podcast so yeah after I beat you at your home course <laughs> <laughs> um, the 16th the par 3 down the hill yes. I made one of the best birdies I've ever made it in my life fad- oh god yes because it's really 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 downhill and I didn't know the club and I think I hit 7 iron from like 180 or something stuck it to about 6 foot and knocked it in great birdie but then the birdie on the next hole, the par five. Yeah. Is that not the greatest up and down you've ever seen me do, ever? Literally was the greatest up and down I've ever seen you do, ever. Yeah, it, it was. was. ridiculous, wasn't it? It was outrageous. It was dead. You were gone. So I hit a good tee shot around the corner. It's a severe dog leg to the left. And, and like once you go around the corner, it's literally like a ski slope yeah. down to the green. A fantastic hole. I think I think my favourite oh, nice. on the golf course. Good hole, yeah. Um, so I stood on top of the hill. I had about six iron left into the green on this par five, but it was really downhill. Pulled it left. I thought, for God's sake, what the hell's that doing? It kicks down the bank and, and you dead runs still. way down. Um, Bad lie. What was the, I'd have beat, I'd beat at this yeah, point. Yeah, probably. I know oh, I beat on the 15th. Of course yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, yeah, okay. Um, so <laughs> absolutely dead. Yeah. Pin was like on like that back left plateau. Bunker all around it. The bunker short and going around. Oh out of bounds at the back. Out of bounds. I mean, because there was no pressure. I just said, all right, I'll just flick, bad a, flick, guy, a, so. flick a 60 degree on this. Flicked it up. Literally landed it all near perfect. It yep. still just ran through the green and then boxed it off the green. It was great. And then I buried the last. Oh, you, you nearly hold it on the last. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. But. You know, it's frustrating as well because people in the clubhouse would have been watching and watching you and me come up. You hit. We both hit not actually great tee shots on the last. I went left. I hit a really bad tee shot left, but luckily hit a tree and bounced out. You hit one kind of a little bit weak right, but it was safe. I hit a pitching wedge and pulled it left. The pin high, but pulled it left. You had probably like 90 yards. Yeah, yeah. But it's a... It was so close. It was like the length of a box of three balls away, wasn't it? If that makes so sense. So we walk, we're walking up there. The clubhouse is right behind. The clubhouse is really magnificent on the hill. Loads of windows and everything. But the windows are slightly blacked out, yeah, aren't they? They'd, they'd they? have been watching. They'd have been watching. 
Don't all, really all three people. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, well, I didn't know at the time. I'm walking up there going, bloody hell. Everyone everyone watching from the clubhouse here is going to think, God, the guy's playing brilliant. Because you literally had a kick in for a yeah, birdie. Yeah. I pulled it left. Uh, pulled it left. Didn't go up and down. Made a terrible hash of it. Made bogey. Walking off thinking, bloody hell. And anyway, we went in the clubhouse and had a J2O orange lemonade. pass fruit topped up with lemonade. Nobody wants to hear about you beating me at golf. It's not. A, it doesn't matter. It's fine. That. Absolutely fine, that oh one. Oh, my God. Um, I didn't forget that. Well, I... Purposely laughed it to the <laughs> um, Well done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Guys, thanks for watching <laughs> the podcast. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Episode 129. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Unless we do another Friday special. We're, we're probably not going to do uh, no, no, <laughs> We'll see you next week. Bye. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.